are now listening to Got Em Coach. Hoops, styles, sounds, and total randomness. Lace up your kicks, turn your volume up, and find your favorite chill spot because it's about to get serious. Now, here's your host, the man whose hair is spinning around the world, Tyrone Smith. Yo. Hey. <coughs> My bad. Yo, in the building, y'all already know what it is, man. Episode number 19 of that good old hot fire Dylon Dellinger. Oh man, I'm 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 way I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm doing the intro before I'm supposed to do the intro, man. But um y'all already know episode 19, man, of the show where like Kyrie Irving, I didn't talk to y'all for a whole week last week. But unlike Kyrie Irving, I'm dropping two episodes this week to make up for me not talking to y'all all last week. This is my apology to you guys. Forgive me. Got him, coach. Yes, yes. And I am your host, Tyrone Smith, aka Wrong to Exclusive, aka Mr. Hustle Bandit, aka Mr. Sneaker Bandit. Spinning around the world, spinning around the world. Brush to my hair. Oh, I'm spinning around the world. Daytona 360, alive and in the flesh. You already know what I come to do, man. I come to give y'all that Dylon Dillinger hot fire, that H E A T heat. Y'all already know how it go. So, as I stated, um, last week I didn't put an episode up I've been very consistent with putting episodes up every week But last week I didn't put one up I was exhausted I was very very tired I didn't have the energy or the attention span To put up another episode uh, episode last week So I just didn't put one up So I said you know what My bad I felt bad um, People was asking where uh, episode 19 was and I couldn't tell him nothing. I just told him that I was tired. I couldn't do it. I, I wasn't in the right mind to do it. I didn't have the energy to do it. So I just didn't do it. Facts. But this week I'm feeling energized. I feel like I'm on top of the world. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. I will send you to the show program. 23 hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. <laughs> Oh, forgive me. I was watching Train Day today. That's like my favorite movie of all time. So you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hyped uh, doing this episode this week because you know, Train Day make me feel like I'm on top of the world. It make me feel like I'm King Kong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, check this out, man. It's been a crazy couple days. Not so much in, in me doing anything, man. First of all, I'm back in the sneaker buying game. Yeah, man, I am back in the sneaker game. Um, I was feeling some type of type of way. The last pair of shoes that I bought was on my birthday. I bought the uh, I bought the all red fives, and um, those was dope. But I've only wore them once. I mean, I I I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I just haven't really been 
like swagging out in them like i'm supposed to be swagging out in them but um yesterday uh well actually monday monday i bought the uh i bought the 13 history the 13's history of flight and these boys is so cold man so cold i got them on my feet right now i could not i could not wait <laughs> my usual three-day time periods before i wear new shoes i had to throw these boys on immediately so these these joints is lit um shout out to my plug he gonna hook me up with the eggplant foams um i was actually gonna get them but uh for 230 dollars i'm not getting them especially if i can get them for 170 so uh yeah 170 to 30 you do the math uh which way i should go yeah i i i figure 170 sounds a lot better than 230 right and i'm actually kind of digging them breads so uh i might have to holler at him make see if i can get a pair of them breads uh them 13 breads uh this week but that's that's coming up for heat of the week man but uh back to my back to my past couple days man i've been up like a like a like a weird person like my insomnia and insomnia and y'all know what i mean it's horrible man it is super horrible like i was up to eight o'clock this morning um sunday and then monday i was up until seven o'clock this morning and i don't know why i stayed up so late early sunday but Monday, I wanted to stay up late early uh, because I wanted to hit the barber so he could hook me up, hook me up with my weekly, uh, my weekly lineup. And um, I actually fell asleep. I actually fell asleep watching my favorite movie, uh, with well, my second favorite movie, Rampage. Like I was saying, man, if y'all haven't checked that movie out, y'all definitely need to go check it out, man. The movie is just super hype. All three of them is super hype. Like probably one of the best low budget independent films that i've ever seen besides killer season um <laughs> killer season is that movie man i don't care what nobody say killer season is the goat killer season is the uh is the kobe bryant of NB independent uh films and rampage is probably like the lebron of independent films and then like uh shatas is like the um <laughs> it's like the javel mcgee of independent films <laughs> but um yeah man so for some weird reason i got all this burst of energy like I, I should be like dog tired because i've had maybe a total of seven hours of sleep in the past two days i don't know how i'm doing it but i just know that i'm doing it and i'm doing it well I'm doing it very very well um now that i've covered my week and everything else like i said i apologize for those who was looking for an episode last week didn't get one you get two this week um motivation to get it cracking is gonna be dope um i hope you get a a very good perspective of life by listening to this episode um i think that i i think that i'm gonna cover um some some very key things and i want people to understand that just because you go through certain things that don't mean that your world is going to end and um i think it's imperative that people should listen to this to listen to this pod that particular show because um i think it's gonna i think it's gonna touch a lot of people and make a lot of people realize that things aren't as bad as they may seem if you're going through a situation and if you're if you're not going through a situation situation things aren't things are not as good as they may seem because they can easily be taken away from you and you can easily feel like a lot of these people are feeling out here in the world man it's just 
it's just what what can happen and uh you just got to make sure that you do what you can to make sure that it doesn't happen that way and you could go about and do what you need to do all right so let's get into the show man got him coach episode 19 man let's get it those kicks are sneaker looking good here's the top five feet pieces for this week okay all right so look i thought y'all i thought look i i've been doing something i've been I, i've been kind of following the same format that i fought that i kind of go through every single week but i'm not doing it this week you know what i'm gonna hit y'all with this week i'm hitting y'all with feet pieces this week feet pieces this week man let's get it out the way now nah, so you know what i got five i got five uh sneakers that y'all should check out um y'all already know my rule Y'all can check these five out. If you're not feeling the five that I give you, definitely go in your local sneaker store and cop you some previous heat that's been discussed on the show. But now, let's get into this heat. First, we're going to start off with the Air Force One Mid Ivories, baby. This shoe features a ballistic nylon and a tumble leather, adding a premium lifestyle appearance to the Air Force One, while the Swoosh branding is completely absent from the side panel. In its place is an urban utility FTWR production code that furthers the military aesthetic thanks to product codes and a goddess of victory division classification that hints at the Nike brand name. I actually seen these shoes um, in the store on Tuesday and they actually um, pictures don't do me any justice anymore because I previously did an episode where I was talking about the fives, um, the cement fives that were coming out, and I just thought that was a dope collaboration because I love the five. I don't know what it is about the five Jordans, but I love the five Jordans, and that cement colorway is just so iconic. I thought if you add those two together, the the shoe is gonna be dope. But I actually seen the shoe, and I wasn't as impressed as I was by just looking at the picture. I wasn't super impressed by the uh, the, the five cements. But um, the the Air Force One Mid Ivories um, these are interesting. These are interesting once you actually look at them in store. Um, the the, the tongue like isn't isn't like it normally is. It's kind of it kind of feels a little lightweight, and then it got this little zipper on the side of it that was just bothering me. But I think overall the shoe is still dope. Air Force Ones don't get a lot of love on this show for particular reasons because Air Force Ones is like the crush spot of the sneaker community. But these particular Air Force Ones is definitely worth a pickup if you're looking to pick up some uh, some heat this week. Next up is a shoe that's going to be coming out this weekend, the Jordan 13 Breads, baby. This shoe features all of the original tooling, including the Chicago Bull inspired colorway with varsity red suede on the heel and mud guards, while that holographic panther inspired Jumpman branding returns in an indirect green. Premium leather toe caps add a remastered finish to the sneaker. From the looks of these 13s that's on my feet, these 13 breads i can't wait i can't wait oh man i can't wait need i i need i no need to say more let's get into the next uh heat feet piece of this week and that's the nike pg ones this shoe features a combination of red suede and traditional mesh on the upper while a black midfoot strap and swoosh branding contrast together 
these are actually for his um because you know paul george went to fresno state and these are actually his college colors so these shoes are actually cool the paul george's are actually a very underrated sneaker to cop like i, I didn't I didn't think it would be like I didn't think the Kyrie's was gonna be as dope as they are, but Nike is doing a good job with his uh with his signature shoes. Kyrie had a dope signature first shoe. Paul George has a signature um a dope signature first shoe. LeBron has the greatest signature first shoe ever, and that's including Jordan. I think LeBron's uh very first signature shoe is probably one of the best signature shoes I've ever owned in my life. So, um, definitely go check those PG1s out. Next up is the Nike Kyrie 3 Aquas. Now, these shoes were inspired by Tiffany and Company, and they utilize a hybrid hyper turquoise tooling with a unique swirling texture on the side panel mesh for a standout look. Next, Coca Cola Chuck Taylors. These Converse shoes are just a part of a full Coca-Cola X Kith collection, which includes Oakley sunglasses, Stan socks, a Yeti cooler, and a full range of Kith apparel. Limited edition Coca-Cola bottle with Kith logos will be given out to those who purchase pieces from the collection and will not be sold individually. Now, these shoes are not something that I don't believe you will actually be able to pick up in the store, but um, the, the Coca-Cola Chuck Taylor collaboration is just, it's, it's dope. I, I love this shoe. Um, and I'm not even a fan of super old school Chuck Taylors. You know, the old Chuck, the, the Chuck Taylors that you be uh, sea walking in. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of them, but these particular ones are actually kind of dope. Um, so these are my five feet pieces of the week, and I'm going to actually give y'all my heat of the week for this week. Add some fire to your sneaker collection. This is the heat of the week. My heat of the week is actually going to be the Coca-Cola Chuck Taylors. Yes. Um, I know the 13 breads, black and red. I think that's a, a iconic colorway. You can never go wrong with black and red. You can never go wrong with a with a Jordan. But look, we gotta we look we we can't just do the 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 the, the same old same old. So these Coca Cola Chuck Taylors are are fire. And then the fact that if you was able to actually if you're actually able to pick up these shoes, or you actually able to pick up these shoes, I doubt a lot of you are. But if you were able to, shout out to you. But um, you get so much. You get a you get sunglasses. You get socks. You get a cooler. You get a Coca Cola bottle. Like come on now, like you, you, these shoes cannot be heated a week. I mean, like they have to be heated a week. So they heated a week this week. Tune in next week for uh, some more heated a week. Twenty first episode twenty one. Get some heated a week. Let's get into the show. Got him, coach. Episode number nineteen. Let's get it. Well, 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 there is something worth talking about today. Here's the top five stories of the week. So, this one is actually kind of fun. Um, first of all, can I get a welcome back for MB, um, NBA Live 18? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yeah, NBA Live 18 is back, man. And, um... If you recall in a previous episode, I had a little, I felt a little certain way about NBA Live 18. Play that back for me. 
in the screenshots of NBA Live 18, and I was impressed. I was impressed by what I was what I seen. Kyrie was looking like Kyrie. Like I, I like I like what I seen. But then I got to that gameplay. <sighs> Bruh, I got to that gameplay. <laughs> man, oh man. That gameplay. And you, the sad part about it is that the gameplay is the gameplay. That's 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 pretty much what you gonna get. And I'm scared. I'm scared for live, man. Because that visually the game looks good. Say what? The game looks good, but the gameplay that they showed was buns, buns, and I'm hoping that they can fix that. They can fix the little problems. They can get the little kinks out before the before the um, the game actually drops. But I'm scared for live 18. I mean, yeah, I'm scared for live 18, man. All right, so basically, I was saying that NBA Live 18 graphically looks amazing, like. Kyrie, now that I look at the game, I said Kyrie looked like Kyrie, but actually playing the demo, Kyrie didn't look like Kyrie, bro. The game graphically isn't as impressive as it was. See, that's the thing about pictures, man. Pictures make things look so beautiful when in all actuality, when you actually play the game, then it's not what it is. Um, Some of the players looked spot on to me. Like Paul George, he looked spot on. Uh, JaVale McGee had the little rat tail, so he looked at a little spot on. Like, some of the players looked at spot on. Kyrie didn't look really spot on to me. James Harden didn't look really spot on to me. The, the one thing about James Harden in, that, in Live 18 is his beard looks so weird. <laughs> LeBron, you know, LeBron is kind of big and bulky, and LeBron just looked kind of, you know what I'm saying, like, average, I guess. I guess that would be the best way to put it. So, some of the players didn't really look like they were supposed to, and um, some of them looked like they were supposed to. But this gameplay, man, oh man, um, like I had to stop. Like I played like three parts of it, and then I stopped, and then I played another part, and I stopped. So it took me literally three and a half days to actually finish the demo. But shout out to me because my player got drafted third overall to the Boston Celtics. <laughs> They got drafted third overall, and to me, the the storyline of the of the one didn't make sense because it said that I don't know if I was paying attention to it right, but it said that the main character got hurt and he went undrafted in the draft, but then he went back to school to go back in the draft. I've never known a basketball player to do of any such thing. Like I've never I've never heard of it of that unless. I'm missing out and he actually got hurt, missed the year and decided to play in like the Drew League and all that other stuff. And even then, what, 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 how do you get all this attention if you just been hurt and you just had all these serious injuries and all this other stuff and you, and, and you were able to play in, in Drew Leagues and in, in, in the Dykeman League and you, you were able to play at Rucker? Like, I don't know. Like the storyline. I see where they was going with it, but overall the storyline just really it didn't really make it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But shout out to my player being uh, drafted third overall to the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I made a um I made a wing defender because I in in in, in real life you know I, I put clamps on people. Um my my jump shot isn't it isn't as like even in, in my best days of hooping, my my jump shot was average at best. You know what I'm saying? Like I was streaky. So like when I when I was hot, I was really really hot. But 
if I was cold, like I was really, really cold. Um, my ability to play defense and rebound, and I was a very, I'm a very, very good passer. I think I was a good passer to the point where, um, like, I, I would see things, and the uh, the players I was playing with didn't see exactly what I saw. And I would turn the ball over or passes a lot, and it would make me mad because I was I was seeing things that they should have done that they wouldn't do, and it made me feel some type of way because it made me look bad. So if we lost, I would have to sit because people were like, oh well, he can't pass the ball; he always passing that out of bounds. So it made me feel some type of way. Anyways, the reason I'm talking about NBA Live is because it it always culminates to NBA 2K18. 2K18 is the granddaddy of them all. And um, over the past couple weeks, 2K has been releasing uh, screenshots and ratings. Um, poor Derrick Rose, man. Derrick Rose is a 78 overall in NBA 2K18. And people are mad. I can see why they're mad. I mean, Derrick Rose isn't a 78. I think, if anything, he's he's a 80. He's a legit 80. Um... Lonzo Ball, Markel Fox are 80s in this game. Dwight Howard is an 81. Um, Nick Young, I believe, was a 75. Andre Drummond, what up, though, is a 86, I think he is. LeBron is the best player in the game. He's a 97. KD is a 96. Kawhi is a 95. Um, and my, my, my next best guess is James Harden would be somewhere, probably like a 94 or something like that, or a 93. Probably a 94. Or he might be a 95 tied with Kawhi. But I think he's going to be a 94. But um, in these screenshots, a lot of different things has been interesting in, in terms of the screenshots. One, one thing that's interesting, the big baller brand has made its way into 2K18. Say what? The big baller brand has made its way into 2K18. Say what? The big baller brand is in nba 2k18 shout out to lavar ball in the big baller brand you can say whatever you want to about him but if you can get a brand in a game that's dope man that is super dope so shout out to lavar ball all, all that politicking and all that craziness i mean it's it's leading to something it's really leading to something now think about it because in the summer league, Lonzo Lonzo played in his uh in his signature shoe, and then he was playing in Nikes and Adidas, and he was playing on all these different shoes. Just imagine if Lonzo Ball balls out, and you know he may be able to get the bread that he's looking for, and, and he may be able to uh to co-brand with the with the Nike for his own brand. LeVar Ball, I mean, not a LeVar Ball, but Lonzo Ball got some, uh, if he can do some things, man, get the Lakers to, to the playoffs, and that, and that West, I mean, it's gonna be tough, because that West is looking very, very deep, and if this, uh, if Phoenix get Kyrie, it's gonna look even, it's gonna look even nastier, but, um, if he's able to do it, man, we all need to stay in our lane and let LeVar do his thing, but, um, not only is the big baller brand in the game, but uh, Lonzo's signature style IRL jump shot is in the game as well. <laughs> now, this is going to be interesting. 
because Lonzo Ball has a very intriguing, interesting, I wouldn't attempt it jump shot. But in honor of Lonzo Ball, I'm going to give you the top five ugliest jump shots of all time. Let's get into it. All right, so coming in at number five, Rick Barry's free throw shooting. Now, don't get me wrong. Rick Barry is a is an OG in the game. Great scorer. He was a highly effective free throw shooter. But anybody who shoots the ball underhanded, you know how like when you was little and you was playing, you was you was giving uh you was in the gym, you had uh you had PE. And they would let you play basketball for a week, and you had to—you was uh, shooting your jump shot, and you a little kid, so um, you kind of you kind of throw the ball in between your legs. You kind of had the ball in between your legs, and then you jump, and then you underhand your shot. Hey, low key, that's how I used to shoot because I never knew the fundamentals of basketball. But um, anytime you shoot that way, you 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 have to be on this list. You have to be on this list. I don't care how effective you are. As a free throw shooter with that with that particular shot, I think somebody in Florida actually, a college player in Florida, shoots the same way. And he shoots a high percentage too. So it's a highly effective shot. But it's just ugly. So Rick Barry gets number five. Number four. Rest in peace. Kevin Duckworth. Now, Kevin Duckworth, he shoots the ball with one hand, like literally. Like, he fades away, he shoots it with one hand, jump shot, one hand. Like, it's crazy. Like, if he would just use his offhand to guide his shot, it, the shot wouldn't look so bad considering he's a big man. But the fact that he just uses one hand to shoot, I had to give him number four. Number three. Give me the homie Sean Marion, man. Now, Sean Marion... Do y'all think Sean Marion is a borderline Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that championship may have submitted him. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think he has the numbers that could go in there. But then again, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But um, Sean Marion. Sean Marion. Sean Marion is best for his defensive prowess and his ability to fly high with his athleticism. Um, he was a spot-up guy at best. You never really seen him uh, be able to create his own shot off the dribble or, you know, just be able to, you know, just be able to have that ability. And I think the reason being is his jump shot is just so quirky. Like, I was watching, like, little, uh, like, like just, like, people, like, trying to imitate his jump shot. I seen some, like, where they, uh, where they kind of shoot it from the chest. Um, I seen where somebody says he shoots it slightly above his head. Like, me, I see where he, he... He shoots it like right between his nose and his chin or maybe his mouth and his chin and the elevation on his shot like he doesn't really get high to actually um, shoot the ball like he just kind of like he, he jumps up a little bit to actually shoot it. So you combine the fact that he doesn't really get high arc on his shot and it's just kind of right between the chin and the mouth and the fact that he doesn't really elevate on his jump shot. It looks it looks it's, it's very it's different. <laughs> I just say that it's different. Um, number two, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is um, I don't know um, 
I don't think a lot of people gives him the the the, the credit he deserves. Um, he's a bona fide leader. He was a bona fide leader in Kentucky. Um, he's doing his thing with the Hornets. Um, you know his his defensive prowess as a as a member of the Hornets is very very good. Um, slashing, he's a very good slasher, but his shot is just so. Uh, I don't know, man. His shot is just so just so different you know what i'm saying like it's just so different um he has like like to me I, i've noticed like he turns his body um like he turns his shooting how did how did he do that he turns his body like he turns his, his the body like his his shooting um hand like you know because he's right-handed so he turns his body all the way like to the opposite side and shoots it now initially he had problems where where he would shoot it like he will always release it when he's coming down where you know as you're shooting you know your, your best the best way to get the jump shot off is to shoot it when you're up in the air as you're elevating to get your shot off not as you're elevating and then as you come down you're you know you're letting it go he's worked on that to the point where now his um his shot release is a little it's a little up to par where it's supposed to be but that little a little turn that he do and then he does the thing with the elbow where he kind of um he just kind of he kind of kicks it out a little bit like you know if you notice lonzo lonzo kicks his he kicks his elbow all the way out and he has his his uh his shooting hand like in and he just kind of releases it like that kid gilchrist kind of does this exact same thing um like and I had Michael. I traded for Michael Kill Michael Kidd Gilchrist in my uh, my career mode, my GM mode, and I can't even use him as an effective jump shooter because his jump shot just is just buns. And every time I would shoot it, I would always miss it. So like, I would put him on my on the on the team's best offensive player, and I would let I would let him lock them down, and then I would throw him alley oops all day. <laughs> that that was uh that was that was pretty much his uh his thing. And number one, but before I get to number one, um, I gotta I gotta give honorable mentions of, of, of some jump shots. First of all, we gotta go with Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby has the slowest jump shot in NBA history, and then his jump shot he cocks his he cocks his <laughs> shooting hand all the way back to like the back of his uh the back of his shoulder and then he releases it and then on top of that is super slow so marcus canby you gotta you get honorable mention kevin martin um the best way i can say the best way i can describe his jump shot is to t basically take your shooting hand and aim it down counterclockwise it counterclockwise your shooting hand upward like right in the middle like right in the middle as you're doing it release it you know what i'm saying like don't as you're going down don't like fully like full do it like do it come down and then come like halfway and then release it <laughs> and that's the best way uh that's the best way to uh simulate kevin martin's jump shot but you know what it worked for him he was a 20 point scorer in sacramento and um okc he gave them good numbers he gave him good numbers in Minnesota, so I mean, whatever. If it if it works, don't fix it. If it if it works, don't try to fix it. <laughs> uh, Tayshon, I think Tay, I think all lefties, because I'm I shoot left. I'm a left-handed shooter. I think all lefties jump shots look ugly. 
every left-handed jump shot that I've ever seen from a left-handed player has not looked it good. Except for Michael Red. Michael Red got that. He got that Marcus Canby-like release, but his is quick. He and he pop it. He just uh, and just he just come down and just uh, you know what I'm saying? He got that. <laughs> he got that release. But um, Tayshon, it just like he doing a shot put. Like he just. Like you know how you take your shot put and you put it on your um you put it on your neck and then you turn around, you spin, you spin and then you throw it. Well Tayshawn, he got that same kind of jump shot except for like he takes his he takes the ball and he you know he uses you know he uses it like he's supposed to. You know, he has the hand to his guide hand and then you know he actually has the his shooting hand. So but it's like he he's shot putting his jump shot. It's actually very interesting. Which is why I never really see Tayshawn like Tayshawn was like a spot up shooter too. I never really seen him like go off the dribble with a jump shot. He would go off the dribble, put you in a post up, and then give you a hook. Or he would he had the ugliest fadeaway, man. Man, that jump is ugly. And Kendrick Perkins. Now, if you was on my uh, if you follow my social media page at GEC three two five and got him coach on Facebook, you would see that I actually posted Kendrick Perkins jump shot. Kendrick Perkins. It's not so much that his jump shot is ugly. It's just his follow through is just horrible. It's like once he shoots it, he goes into like a yoga pose. <laughs> I don't know. He goes into like this little yoga pose. I don't. I can't. I can't think of the name of the yoga pose. But he like he 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 takes his leg. He stretches it out. He he takes one leg. He stretches that out like he's bending it. And he then he takes that other leg. He he uh, moves it backwards like he's in a yoga pose. So I had to give him. He had to. He definitely gets honorable mention for ugliest jump shot of all time. Now, number one, number one. This should not be any surprise to anybody. Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah's sh jump shot is ugly as dirt. Think about it. Joe Kim Noah at one point in time was an MVP candidate for the Chicago Bulls. Like he led them to a lot of victories. He was a he's a very he was a very good he was an effective scorer. But his thing was rebounding. He was a very good playmaker for for his size, and he blocked shots. That was his thing. He played defense, but injuries just kind of derailed his career to the point where now that all that money that Phil Jackson gave him, which is more testament to how horrible of a president of operations Phil Jackson was, but the money is just like dog, like you don't deserve this money. And then on top of that, he's suspended for a good amount of games starting next year because he wanted to use some performance enhancing drugs. Shh, shh, don't tell nobody though. But um, his jump shot, the best way I can. <laughs> The best way I can describe Joe Kim Noah's shot is, um, I don't know. I don't know if you got brothers and sisters or whoever, whoever you close to, just like push them in the chest. Like just give them a two, a two hand push to the chest, right? Now do that and jump, jump as high as you can. And then do that two handed, uh, through that two handed push. And that's Joe Kim Noah's jump shot pretty much. In a nutshell. <laughs> now that's my top five ugliest in my um my five not my five my four honorable mentions. I I'm actually mentioned Lonzo Ball when I first started, so he was a part of the uh the honorable mentions too. So those are ten ugly jump shots. Uh, honorable mention in no particular order. Five through one I gave you. Now let's actually get into how I'm feeling because now it's time for you guys to know what's really going on, man. Got him, coach.
Speak now or forever hold your peace. Don't hold nothing back in this week's That's How You Feel. So, Jordan, this dude, this dude know he can stay in the news, man. Jordan has said that Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James at this moment because Jordan has, no, not Jordan. Kobe has five rings and LeBron has three rings. Now, this is the way I look at things when I when when I hear people always say, "Well, he has this many rings, that's why he's the greatest player of all time," or this, then, the third. A lot of people will consume that. Jo- or, 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 or a lot of people will say Jordan is the greatest player of all time, right? Jordan only has six rings. If you really want to put rings into perspective and say that this person is the greatest player of all time, Bill Russell will be the greatest player of all time. You know what I'm saying? Robert Ory will be the greatest player of all time. Um, anybody on the Celtics will be the greatest player of all time. Like, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. They will, John Havlicek will be the greatest player of all time. He has eight. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate when people use rings as, like, the, the ultimate. I mean, while rings, yes, they are important. That's not the, the holy grail of why somebody is the greatest player of all time. Because it's more people who has more rings than Jordan. And you will still consider Jordan as the greatest player of all time. Right? So, let's not even consider that as a as a legitimate argument. Um, if I had to pick somebody between Jordan and Kobe, I think I would, I would actually pick Kobe. And I wouldn't pick him because of rings. Um, I just think that Kobe just has this, this more, more of a, 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 a hunger. Like his mindset is just more hungrier than LeBron's is. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron initially in his career, like everybody was like, you know, LeBron, he should take the last shot. He should take the last shot. He's the guy. He should take the last shot. But he was always deferring to other teammates. Where Kobe, Kobe, he is, he always ready to take that last shot. Always ready to take that last shot. Um. I, and I, I look at the fact that Kobe stayed with the Lakers for 20 years. Even though there had been multiple opportunities for him to leave, there was actually talk that he may actually go to Chicago. Uh, I hear rumors he may go to the Clippers at one point. He was almost traded to the Pistons at one point. Um, but the fact that he was uh, he was actually able to stay in L.A. for 20 years and be a, a, a integral part of the lakers success in the in the early 2000s in the early 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 2000s in the mid the late 2000s going into the new decade 2010 um i think that's impressive i think if you look at lebron and his situation um Leaving Cleveland in the first place, I, I felt I felt was a bad move, but I felt it was absolutely necessary. He goes and wins two rings in Miami. He comes back, he delivers a ring to Cleveland. Now, here's what I think is going to kind of cement LeBron and and if he's going to actually be one of the greatest players players ever. If LeBron leaves this after this year, which I think is going to be highly possible, because I don't think Kyrie is going to be on that team at the end of the year. Uh, at the beginning, I don't think he's gonna like I said, I don't think he's gonna be on the team by training camp. I think it would be essential for Cleveland to trade him immediately. Immediately, like you cannot start the regular season with Kyrie Irving as your point guard because I just think that he's just kind of like the the chemistry isn't gonna be there, and everybody's gonna look at him some type of way, like you know, you you causing all this bad blood and all this bad drama, you you 
potentially going to take away our opportunity to you know compete for the uh for the championship once again even though the east isn't that strong unless the young players in boston can really put it together and really do some great things um the east overall isn't that strong um if lebron leaves and goes to la I think that will pretty much cement his legacy as probably the third best player in NBA history. Because, like, when you look at the greatest, like, when you look at Jordan, Jordan spent his all his great years in Chicago. Like, he didn't spend 10 years in Chicago and then say, all right, I'm going to play three years in Washington and I'm going to come back. He spent all his great years in Chicago. He retired, and then he came back and he played for Washington. Kobe spent all of his years in L.A. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he um he spent a couple seasons in Milwaukee, and then he spent his basically his whole career in L.A. Magic spent his whole career in L.A. Larry Bird whole career in L.A. You know what I'm saying? James Worthy whole career in L.A. Like you see how like all these great great NBA players. I think Will Will he played for um I think he played for the he played for Philadelphia um. He didn't play for Golden State, and then he played for the Lakers. I mean, okay, so that's three teams. But I don't think, I don't think you will put Wilt Chamberlain in your in your top. You may, you may put him in your top ten, but I don't think he's top five. He's definitely not top five. And I actually joked with somebody one time. I said Wilt Chamberlain was the greatest player of all time, and they just, oh, I got lambasted. They like, how could you say such a thing? <laughs> that was funny, but um. Think about all the great, the the, the the Mount Rushmore of the NBA, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of these players played for one team. Like, they were loyal to one team. Like, even Isaiah Thomas, he might be outside of that, maybe that, that, that top five, but he might be in that top ten. He played for one team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if LeBron leaves, if he stays and finishes his career out in Cleveland, He'll be cemented. He'll be, you know, he. You may, you could make the argument he's probably one of the second best players in NBA history. But if he leaves and goes anywhere else after his contract is up with Cleveland, you can't consider him as the second best. He has to be the third best player in in in, in history. And I'm just going off of um, accolades and awards and all that. He has to be the third best player in NBA history. But. What makes me mad is, like, all this talk about the greatest player in NBA history. You know that basketball is really a team sport, right? And while the great players win a lot of games for you, sometimes you need some help from the role players to kind of get you over the hump. So, today, in honor of role players, I'm going to give you my top five role players of all time. And let's start with number five. Number five, I'm going to go with Jamal Crawford. So, look, I think any any person who wins anything, any any person who wins an award three times and, and is the first player in NBA history to do it, they, they should automatically be on the list. Jamal Crawford is a three-time six-man of, uh, of the year award winner, the first in NBA history. All-time leader in four-point plays. And even at his age, he can still give you buckets. And he the guy who retired Steve Smith. Roll the footage, please. Jamal Crawford threw it through my legs. <laughs> oh, it's time to I quit. It's time to I quit. Remember, I've seen that. You remember that? I, 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 yeah. I, I, 
Oh, this I, sounds I, like I, the Don't Remind Me segment <laughs> from an earlier show. Go ahead. You know, the new up-screener roles. So I put my foot on the sideline thinking he has nowhere to go. He threw it through my legs and laid it up. But I looked at Bernie Bickerstaff as my coach, and he said, time. <laughs> so when you think about all of that, Jamal Crawford is that deal in Minnesota. He's in, he's in Minnesota now. He's gonna give that bench instant credibility with him and Taj Gibson. Minnesota, like I said, is gonna be a problem. It's just gonna be a matter of getting that chemistry together. And once they get that chemistry together, they have all the pieces. They have all the pieces to contain in the West right now, right now, right now. So that's number five. Number four, I'm gonna go with the homie Manager Ginobili. Now, see, with Ginobili, just like I think with Crawford, I think Crawford, he could have he could have legitimately been been a starter. Crawford was the was a top ten pick in his in his draft class. Like, so he he was he was picked with the intentions of him being a a very good starter. Now, he had a couple years. He he started when he was with Golden State. He's had moments where he started a lot of games, but overall, he's been best known for his um. You know, he's been best known for being a six man. Same with Ginobili. Ginobili should have been a starter for San Antonio for at least 13 years. He should have been a fixture in that San Antonio lineup, starting lineup with Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard when he got there. When you got guys like Danny Green and Michael Finley and um, and Bruce Bowen who's starting, it would make you feel some type of way. But shout out to Ginobili for not letting the the ego of starting get the best of him he's really come in he's had a successful career he's a four-time nba champion two-time six man of the year two-time all-star and a two-time all nba selection Ginobili's going to be in the hall of fame where he retires it's just a matter of when he's going to retire he's going to play again this year he's 40 years old man shout out to Ginobili. he's doing the dang thing so Jamal Crawford, five. Manu Ginobili is four. Number three, I'm going to go with Steve Kerr. Now, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr may not be the sexiest of picks in this top five list. Not really a guy who's going to go out there and give you 25 to 30 points off the bench. But he is a guy who has really done well. Done well. He's a three-time champion with Chicago, two-time champion with San Antonio, five-time NBA champion altogether, and um, he's done it. He's done it. Um, all-time all, has the all-time all-time best three-point shooter in history. Steph Curry is slowly but surely coming for that mark. In terms of in terms of uh, percentage, I'm sorry. He's the best. Uh, Shooting has the best shooting percentage of three point uh, of a three point shooter all time, but um, Steve Kerr has had some moments from his. If they double team you, I will be wide open as Reggie Miller orgasmically speaks upon all the time. I hate Reggie Miller as a commentator. <laughs> um, until his his uh, first quarter outburst as a member of the Spurs against the Dallas Mavericks. Steve Kerr has delivered in very, very opportune times when needed. Number two on my list, I'm going to go with John, Johnny Hondo Havlicek. Now, as I stated, Johnny Hondo Havlicek has eight rings. He has four rings as the primary option for the Celtics, and he also has four rings as the sixth man of the Celtics. He averaged 18 points and six rebounds as a sixth man 
of one of the one of the greatest teams in NBA history back in the 50s. I don't need to say more. Number one on my list. Wait, wait, wait. Before I get to number one on my list, I have to give y'all my five honorable mentions. No, I actually give me y'all four honorable mentions. I'm sorry. Um, we go. I'm gonna go with Tony Kukoc, Don Nelson, Vinny Microwave Johnson, and Michael Cooper. Those are my honorable mentions for the top five role players, bench players of all time. Number one. I don't think this should really be a surprise either. Robert Ory. Seven-time NBA champion, multiple-time NBA champion with multiple teams. Two in Houston, three in L.A., two in San Antonio. Big shot, Bob. Who could ever forget the shot that he hit against the Sacramento Kings? Who could ever forget the slam dunk that he had, the slam dunk and one against the Detroit Pistons? Robert Roy is that guy. <laughs> Need I say more? Robert Ory is that guy. He's the first one. Usually he, he gives you good minutes off the bench. He anytime he's in the game and it's a close game, you gotta watch him because he's probably gonna hit the big shot. And even at one point in time, he's he's the one of the five men in NBA history to notch 250 or more three-pointers in the um in the playoffs. <laughs> 254 threes in the playoffs. And he's the finals all-time leader in threes. And let that sink in for a minute, man. Robert Ory, greatest role player, bench player in NBA history, man. Yes, that's my list. If you got a if you got a five that you think is better than mine, hey man, share it with me. You know, share it with me. If you agree with my list, hey. Share that with me. If you disagree, share why you disagree with me. But uh, that's my top five um, greatest role players, bench players of all time. Gave y'all my feet pieces of the week. I gave y'all my um, my heat of the week from them five feet pieces. And then I gave y'all the five ugliest jump shots with five honorable mentions of all time. I think I've done my work today for episode 19. I think I did a good job. Can I get a round of applause, please? Yes, I feel very, very great. I feel wonderful like I'm on top of the world. I've done my job. <laughs> Episode number 19 is in the books. I'm so proud of myself. I did wonderful. Good job, Tyrone. Good job. <laughs> I'm your host, Tyrone Smith, man. And um, it's a it's a it's an honor it's an annual thing now. Before I actually go, I got this sip. Of, I got this glass of water here that I need to take a sip of. <sighs> yes, I feel rejuvenated now. <laughs> Episode number nineteen, got him, coach. I'm Tyrone Smith, man, and I'm out of here. Peace. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GEC325. Check out the website at GEC325.com. Buy a shirt at 325GECshop.store and become a patron for exclusive perks at patron.com slash GEC325. Tune in next week for another episode of Got 'em, Coach!